To make a run at Super Bowl 58, the Kansas City Chiefs must give Chris Jones an extension. There's not another way to get it done. Can they do it today? I'm locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform we can find. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Locked On show for your next one. This is the topic of the day. We talked about Chris Jones yesterday, and it comes down to what is a narrowing field of options here. And no matter what, we have to get through the number one theory that you have to give him this extension in order to preserve where this franchise is on the defensive side of the ball. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, home of the Athletic Matrix, where you can get that at RogueAPC.com, as well as RGR Football and NFL 33. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, a lot of talk about the draft, a lot of talk about the salary cap, and we did a salary cap analysis show yesterday. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, when you talk, start talking about Chris Jones, you're in a situation where he is the best player in his position in football. And the question is, what is his value going to be if you're going to extend him? And that's exactly what we need to discuss right now. Well, and it comes down to more than that for me. It is, is there any other option? Because this is what rebuilding looks like in Kansas City. Not to like steal Brett Veach's thunder, but it's true. You get to this point where you have elite stars and then you have to make decision points. And yes, he's a, he's a little bit older than Tyreek was last year, but it's a similar situation. An elite, elite player at his position that has helped bend the foundational pieces that got you to this mountaintop. And for me, I feel like he's playing just as good, if not better now, than he did three seasons ago. That's the big thing that is driving my look at this. Is is not It's not unequivocal. It, it is very, very simple. He's still the best player at his position, surpassing Aaron Donald. You have to keep him, even if it means sacrificing like you. You don't want to use void years and that kind of thing. You you don't want to have a high salary uh, right now. Base salary is going to hurt you in this particular scenario. But if you give him enough length with or without the void years, I think that because of the way the cap is going, and what are they, 132 against the 24 cap, uh, roughly about 50%. You got to feel like there's room to do this. So all those things go into me deciding that no matter what, the goal has to be to bring Chris back on an extension. And that's going to be expensive because Aaron Donald last year signed a three-year deal that was worth $95 million. So you're looking at over $30 million is the top of the market. Question is, is, is Chris Jones going to command the top of the market? I think he is the type of player that wants to stay in Kansas City. I think Beach is right on that. But it come, what it comes down to for me is, is he going to be the same kind of team player that Patrick was in some in some ways? Mahomes left money on the table for Jones to be able to sign an extension. Is Jones going to leave money on the table to you know, get people around him? And Nate Taylor actually talked about this in one of his articles on The Athletic, uh, talking about how Chris Jones wants Frank Clark back. Chris Jones can help get Frank Clark back by leaving some of that money on the table. <laughs> yes, he absolutely can. And we're going to cover somebody else that might end up in town later in the show. We're going to cover the other alternative to Chris Jones, but this is the feature right now. Getting this done is what allows you to, A, keep the defense fortified up front. 
He is clearly the top player on this defense. If there is any counterpart to Patrick Mahomes on this roster, it is Chris Jones. Because you have to have that, that yin and yang, that back and forth offense to defense. It allows you, if you can get that deal done, to bring back other talent like Frank Clark on, on a contract that can kind of pigeonhole together, right? Fit that puzzle piece in. And that allows you to what I think is probably the most significant thing for me, to be able to continue to mentor all the young guys that you have to bring in. There's going to be new defensive edges. There's going to be new defensive interior players. To see and learn from Chris Jones, even if it's just for a year or two, makes a big difference in the longevity of how that position group performs over the next, say, five or six seasons. So you would put him in the cornerstone group of the Chiefs? I would. If there's a rush more for right now, he's on it. Yeah. No, and I don't disagree with that. I just – cornerstones to me is are the people you build your team around. And I don't disagree with you. I think he is a cornerstone of this team. I think they need to build the defense around him. And quite frankly, I don't know that they have another cornerstone on the defense. I think you could make an argument for Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris Jones is that guy right now. And I think him having Joe Cullen come in this year has really helped get him to another level. Yeah, you'll get no argument for me. And that level is what's got us in this predicament where generally you would think that maybe somebody starts to slow down by the time he's 29 years old. That's not the case with Chris Jones. Now, interesting thing about the way that he's done is Chris has gotten a little bit progressively lighter through his career. And I think that's paying off in dividends. His quickness, his initial burst to get that rip and get that two-hand swipe that he uses so well. That's something that's evolved over time, and I don't think that's going to go away, but that's another piece that I think has to be passed down generationally through this organization to the next guys that come around. The well, other it thing also that allows, I, I was just going to say it also allows them to put him a defensive end and use that speed as, as an edge rusher. That's, uh, that's exactly where I'm going. The other thing that it does is allows you, not just Chris, but it allows you to do what we saw this season where Frank Clark can come inside. George Karloftis can play inside as well. Mike Dana can come inside. Everybody can rotate around the front. It's not like the mush front that Bill Belichick used to run because it, that was just a total cluster that you never knew what was happening. You, you have some, some body type issues, some things like that, but you have different areas of alignment for every guy on that front that can keep everything off guard for the offensive line that they're they're going against. Even, even Jason Kelsey got... Got a little bit confused. Ended up one-on-one with Willie Gay, and he lost a couple of those reps in the Super Bowl. This is this is the significance of moving the chess pieces around the board. Yeah, and this gives Spagnuolo a chance to do so many different things that he hasn't been able to do in the past, and Jones is the key to that. He absolutely is. Now, I think they can get it done. Brett Veach seems to want to get it done. What if they're wrong? What happens if they can't reach an agreement what has to happen next? We're going to cover that. On the backside of this, a message from our pals over at Built Bar. If you've not tried Built Bar yet, I do not know what you're waiting on. These are one of my favorite protein bars ever, and Ryan's got it right there on screen for you. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want the fat and the calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good is they are 100% real chocolate. That is 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to built.com to get your built bars. But now you can go to Walmart or to Sam's Club and get your get your built bars there. You can get a four-bar box at Walmart of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. 
And I will tell you, I really do enjoy the co uh, cookies and cream. I think they're very delicious. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box of the hit flavors brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. <laughs> I would like to thank you later. What I don't think I can I can get ready to hear is thank you for my offer, but I'm not going to take it. And we've seen Chris Jones have good negotiations and stressed negotiations with this team in the past. Now, this is a third contract for Chris Jones. Last time it went up towards the deadline. I don't think they can afford to let that happen this time. But if you are unable to reach an agreement before training camp with Christopher Jones, what do you have to do? Well, I think you, I think the deadline's actually even earlier than that. I think it's yep. the draft. Okay. I don't think you can afford to look at that situation and do something after the draft. It's much like the Tyree Kill situation last year. They went and got five picks for Tyree Kill because they were and they were able to use some of those picks to start replacing some of the players that they needed to bring in. So I yeah. think that it's that's what you have to look at. I think you have to have something done by the draft. Okay, fair enough. So. <laughs> Like you said, with Tyree Hill, it's a similar situation where ultra, ultra key player to this last championship. But if you just can't get it done, if, good Lord, if the defensive tackle market explodes like the wide receiver market did last year, this is going to be next to impossible at this point. It all depends on what Chris wants to do. But if he is, at this point, like we said, just short of 30, if he is seeing the longevity of, this is my last big payday. I got to make sure that it counts. And they can't arrive at uh, an agreement of some kind. Do you even consider trading him? Is, is he too foundational is my question. I don't think you can help but trade him if you're not going to be able to get a deal done. And you really don't think you're going to be able to get a deal done. And, and the problem is, is that you can't go through. He's not going to want to go into the next season with only a one-year deal left. And you can't afford to get into a situation next year where you may have to think about tagging him next year. That's going to be extremely expensive as well. So lots of questions as to how you're going to be dealing with that. I, personally, I think that if you're going to get to an impasse and you know that you're not going to be able to sign the player, you have to trade him. I don't want him to trade Chris Jones, but you have to do it and you have to do it before the draft because you're going to have to go draft at least two defensive tackles to even have a chance at replacing anything close to what he can produce. Uh, absolutely. And folks, on Mock Draft Monday, we will have that in mind when we go through the process about we're going to have to look at defensive tackle no matter what. Like I said, you, you have to get some younger talent in there, whether uh, Colin Saunders returns so, or not, uh, whether position you know, need. Gordon, it, it is. It, it has to be listed up there. So that said, if it does fall all the way to that, I don't think that it does. I do think that they get a deal done, but. I've said crazier stuff before, and you well know that if I say that now, something's going to go wrong. So I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but if it comes down to it, and you have to look at trade value using some of the other trades that we've seen in the last year, including the Tyreek Hill deal, how do you go about this? Where are you setting the value that you, you're requesting if you're Brett Veach? And where are you looking to land as the compromise, the actual sale price? It's a great question. I, I think you have to be looking at another four or five picks. Uh, and maybe you're looking at a situation with a team that has a pick in the first and second round this year and is willing to give up a second next year. Uh, I think Chris Jones is going to be worth that at least. Um, so you, so you think look singular at what, first, multiple twos? At least. 
Okay. Uh, it's hard to put a value on somebody that's 29 years old that is going into a third contract that they're going to have to pay. Yeah. They just did it with Tyree Kill, and they didn't get a first and two twos for Tyree Kill. But to me, Chris Jones's value is maybe even a little bit higher than Tyree Kill's because of the way he plays his position and how much it can disrupt a offense. Well, if you look at scarcity of product in terms of internal pass rusher, I think that you're too. definitely on to something there. Um, in terms of the, uh, a direct effect on the outcomes, the scores, maybe there's still an argument to be made there. There are people that will argue, well, he just got his first postseason sack. He's no Frank Clark. That's what I'm waiting to hear, actually, is can we really reinvest in that? And I say absolutely yes, you have to. But if not, they don't, don't win that. They don't win the first Super Bowl if he's not on the team. Absolutely, and honestly, I don't. I don't know if they win this last one either. Well, no, and I know that, but I'm just saying, he, be, before this year, when he hadn't had a postseason sack, mm-hmm. it's not that he wasn't having an impact or a large impact on the game. It just was that he didn't get a specific sack. He was yeah. getting hurries. He got he got hits. Just wasn't able to bring the guy down. And quite frankly, that's the other part of this question that you have to wonder. He said that not bringing down Burrow twice in the AFC Championship game the year before pushed him to work even harder to go into this year. How, what's his motivation going to be moving forward? We know Mahomes isn't going to have an issue with that. What's Jones's motivation going to be? Yeah, that, that's going to be the key. And hopefully he's adapting to that and taking that next step forward. I think in the end, like I said, this does get done. But if not, I do think that it's not – I don't know that it's multiple ones – I think it might even be a one or two and maybe multiple threes. In the end, I think the defensive tackle, unless the market blows up, is probably at max a four-pick deal in my head. Now, anybody can fall in love, particularly teams that have played against Chris Jones, but that seems like a reasonable look at what the, the compensation could be. That said, it still doesn't feel like it's doable to me. I would still rather have the extension, deal with the cap costs, uh, work the Brad Tillis magic to the, its utmost effect and keep Chris Jones in-house. Yeah, I definitely want to keep him in-house, and I think that they can. I think that they can get a deal done. It's just going to be a question of, what's like I said when we started this conversation, what's he want? Does he want to reset the market at defensive tackle if he wants to reset the market? That's going to be tough. They can do it because we showed that they have enough, they could make enough money to be able to do it, but that's going to be very tough, and if he wants to reset the defensive tackle market, I don't think you can bring Frank Clark back. I agree with you. But if you are able to get something done and you are to make sure you have a little bit of extra cap space in, in the structure of the deal, what could you do with it? Frank Clark's one of the options. There's another one out there that uh, has just come to light that we should probably uh, address because it's a little bit out there. But could you see Nuke in Kansas City We'll talk about that right after this. All right. It comes down to that question. We're talking about age here. We're talking about having lost a wide receiver going into his 30s in Tyree Kill. Tyree still had an excellent season. Don't get me wrong. Now we're now we just finished talking about Chris Jones, who's getting close to 30, but he's elite. New Hopkins is not in that scenario. And, and lately, uh, we've been hearing a lot about it, and uh, somebody that we actually know and can trust in terms of rumors just let it slide that this is actually a thing, that there is interest here. Is it mutual or not? I don't know. Do you? 
I don't know if it's mutual or not, but uh, our buddy Benjamin Albright says that he has been hearing at the combine that the Chiefs are interested in getting New Hopkins. That'd be it'd be very interesting. Well, it'd be interesting in my mind. It's interesting for more than just the fact of getting Hopkins. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different type of wide receiver than they've ever gone after before. Exactly. It doesn't fit what they've been doing. So that brings me to the first question. Is this just an infatuation with his talent? Because he is still very talented. He is older. I think he's going to be 31, possibly 32 by the time the season starts. So that's significant. But he's not the player that he used to be. So does past like admiration or infatuation with this player add up to a mistake here? Because he can't really be the player that he was? Could be, but I would also argue that bringing in a player like this because of the type of player he is, even if he's not what he used to be, actually gives Mahomes a chance at evolving even more. Elaborate on that because I think I know where you're going, but but make it plain. So when you look at the type of wide receivers that the Chiefs have brought in, it's usually guys that are fantastic at running routes. I'm not saying that Hopkins can't run routes. But he is a jump ball guy. He is a guy that's a 50-50 type of go up and get the ball. That's not really what Kansas City has been doing. That's not really how they do things. And if you look at it in some ways, I think it's slowed down their offense at different times, especially in the red zone, because I think that they have a guy in Jody Fortson that they could use. I'm not trying to compare the two, so I want to be clear on that. But they have a guy that they could use that has the size to go up and get the ball but they don't seem to call that play very often. And I just wonder if that's another thought is looking at another way of evolving Mahomes because if he gets to the point where he starts throwing that ball and he gets used to it and he gets comfortable with it, how much more of the offense is that going to open up? Right. That's, that's the interesting thing because he is that contested catch guy that's getting older. Can he still do that? We saw him, if you watched uh, Hard Knocks during the season, you saw some for, for some frustration there where he kind of came across some of his limits. I do feel he's still a very motivated guy, especially if you know his backstory, his mother's backstory. I think that's really important for, for a guy to push through this age barrier if you have been that elite. Uh, I did check his age. He will be 31 by the time the season begins. So that's, that's just that bit farther down the road. Motivation, I don't think, is the issue. Can he really continue to bring that aspect to the offense that's the bigger deal. And like you mentioned, does that force Patrick to evolve? I think that's a good thing for Patrick Mahomes to become closer and closer to a complete quarterback. But I will say this. It's about motivation and it's about where you want to be. This is a player that is self-represented. So if he gets his release, which I clearly expect, I think they're going to save 22 and a half on the cap here. And they have what? The same deadline, the seventh to do it, right? Uh, 15th. 15th sorry okay it is it is the 15th so the self-representation thing can go two ways if there's legitimate dual interest back and forth and Andy Reid in particular Patrick Mahomes as well I think that is that is something with a guy who's representing himself who's clearly made a good amount of money this is going to be his 10th season in the league this is going to be I think career earnings it's looking like it's over it's pushing $100 million. If he can see the end from here, this is a guy that doesn't have to pay his agent. He gets a little bit more off the contract there. If he's truly just trying to wrap it out with a chance at a championship, 
Does that make it easier or harder to get this deal done in your opinion? Well, I, I want to throw a couple of caveats there because to me, when I read the article, it sounds like it's going to be a trade, not them releasing him. Mm, okay. And Arizona's at, reportedly asking for a second uh, for Hopkins at this point. So we'll see whether or not that's accurate. Okay. As far as self-representation is concerned, uh, if he's going to be coming to Kansas City, he's going to have to take a pay cut. There's no way that they're going to be able to pay that kind of money, especially considering his age and his contract is not going to be that long. So he's going to have to take a pay cut. Yeah, I mean, he's 30.75 against the cap next year. It's it's literally impossible. And, and that's why I kind of took well, it to the point of, of being released. But you're right. Well, he is he is 30.5. But the other part of that that we need to take into account is some of that will drop off because it will not be he will not have the prorated bonus. So mm-hmm. his cap number that he would bring to Kansas City is 19.45. His base salary now. His base salary. Yeah. Right. And none of it's guaranteed. And then you have a base salary of un- just under 15 million in 2024. So I still think they need to bring it down, mm-hmm. but it's not the 30 million. So 31 million almost. So that's better for Kansas City. The question is, is he going to be willing to do that? But the other side of that for him, and I, I think this is where it differs from a guy like Chris Jones, like we were just talking about, he hasn't had a chance to chase a championship yet. Mm hmm. He knows he's going to get a chance to chase a championship here. Yep. Is that what he wants? That is That does become the question. I haven't seen anything about a no-trade clause, so there is that. I just don't know that anybody at nearly 31 years old is going to get a second-round pick. So I think the Arizona Cardinals are might be barking up the tree. But let's run down each scenario re- real quickly. Where do you stand? If it is a second-round pick, hell or high water, they're not budging. Can you do that for this player at this point in his career? Nope. I cannot. Either. I can't. There's no, no way. Especially, no, especially knowing that you're going to be paying him probably over $10 million. I, I can't imagine it's going to be under $10 million. Um, to me, between those two combinations, I don't think you can do a second round pick. Yeah, fair enough. Can you do a fourth? In a heartbeat. Okay. I would be in on that as well. Now. If the other scenario falls and nobody is going to trade for him and the Arizona Cardinals are forced to cut him, do you pursue him flat out and see what he's willing to do in order to go chase that that said ring? Absolutely. I agree. And I will tell you why. Because you're looking at a situation where you can look at what he did last year and you can do exactly what you just did with Juju Smith-Schuster. And you can create a contract that is incentive based Mm -hmm. uh he had 717 yards last year he only had three tds um to me yeah (laughs) two two and a half million dollar incentive for going over five tds uh two and a half million dollar incentive for going over 800 yards Mm -hmm. um just build an incentive structure yeah. And then none of that is going to count against the cap in 2023. It'll be something that will have to be adjusted once the season is over. Agreed. I I, I have trouble. I can give up a, a day three pick for an elder player like that. Could you do it three? No. I'm a little stingier yeah. than that. I won't give up a top 100 for a guy that's over 30. I, I just can't do it. I don't even know. I mean, un- unless it were a quarterback and, and this team was, you know, the Oakland Raiders. 
who had to go try to to wrangle Aaron Rodgers away or something like that. Uh, maybe in that situation, but for a non-quarterback, going to be thirty-one come training camp. Uh-uh, I ain't doing it. Um, I doubt that the Chiefs would be willing to do that either. I could be wrong, but that's that's where my gut lands. I get it. Makes a lot of sense. I I agree with you. I don't know that man, but getting up pick ninety five, I I I'd be really tempted. <laughs> but I I would also understand why you wouldn't do that. I think the best scenario for this is that he does get released and the Chiefs are able to just say, the, what are you looking for? The one thing I will say that I think also plays into this is what is he going to bring to the roster when it comes to experience? What is he going to bring to the roster when it comes to leadership? Because that wide receiver room is going to be extremely young no yeah. matter what happens next year. Very true. Uh, I, I do think that that's something that they need to take in, into consideration. And to me, and I know a lot of people out there probably won't agree with this, but I will say it to me, you already won on the Tony trade. He was already worth the third round pick that you gave up for him. I, everything else is, is gravy at this point. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. And so they weren't even expecting to have much from him for 23. Right. So the, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot going on currently right now in Indianapolis as we record this tonight too. We'll have a, combine breakdown for you next week after the mock draft so be ready for that a lot could turn here based on what they do in free agency and, and the emphasis that we have today now available for pre-sale right now is the athletic matrix that gives you all the hard athleticism numbers as well as the rogue analytics draft guide they're both available for pre-sale right now you can find that at rogueapc.com those will be factors and who needs to be here and who doesn't for the Kansas City Chiefs. So let us know what you think. Do you trade for, for DeAndre Hopkins, or do you try to wait it out and see if he gets released? That's the big question. Do you extend Chris Jones? Leave us your thoughts, your opinion, yes or no. Extend him right now for three years, $94 million, $1 million more than whatever Aaron Donald said, because that's what it's going to take, right? Uh, let us and know your just, thoughts. And I just want to throw out there, by the time you hear from us, after the draft show, we will know whether or not they tagged Orlando Brown because that is the seventh, which is going to be next Tuesday. Here we still go. expecting, still expecting Brown is going to be tagged. I think that they do want to do a long term deal. I just don't think there's enough time to get it done before the tag deadline. Fair enough. Let's see what happens, folks. Leave your thoughts. I want to know your you guys in the the YouTube comments, in the Spotify reviews, in the Apple reviews, everywhere that you can. We'll be back with you on Monday for Mock Draft Monday. I think you're going to dig it. We probably have a new few parameters we might have talked about today. So thanks for spending your time with us. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back with you Monday.